Welcome to the Masterful Coach Podcast with Molly Claire, where coaches learn skill mastery, business mastery, and life mastery at a whole new level. If you're serious about creating a meaningful coaching business that makes a difference, you're in the right place. And now your host, master life and business coach, Molly Claire. Hey coach, I have the amazing Jody Moore for you today. This interview is awesome. Jody is sharing some vulnerabilities. She is sharing some of the brilliant ways she thinks in her business as she's built her seven-figure business. She has four kids and she's just really, really incredible. I'm excited about this episode for so many reasons. First of all, because you're going to love Jodi um, and learn so much from her. Second, because this interview is coming at such a fun time. Right now in my business, I am just opening enrollment for my advanced certification. And this certification is for already certified coaches looking to take it to the next level and specifically coaches who work in the mom space, work with women navigating motherhood, parenting, family relationships. And I found such a need for advanced training in that space, in those niches. And this is what this is for. And then what this has to do with Jody is that about five years ago, Jody actually interviewed me on her podcast with my book, The Happy Mom Mindset which is being brought into this certification. So it's just, it's really fun. Jody and I met actually when we first both started our coaching business, we certified just a few months apart and it's been really amazing to learn from her and watch her grow and just really fun that she was there supporting me as I had my bis- my book out. And um, I'm just excited to bring her here to all of you. And by the way, those of you in the Masterful Coach Collective, she is going to be speaking to you about sales in January. And she is awesome with sales. So more to come on that. Those of you that are interested in the advanced certification, if you work with women in motherhood, parenting, the family chaos space, and family relationships, I would love to have you go to my site, mollyclaire.com, where you can click on advanced certification. That is where you can apply. I am working with a small number of coaches. This is personal. This is intimate. I love helping you to really advance and master your coaching skills. All right, coaches, without further ado, the amazing Jody Moore. I'm so excited to meet with you, Jody. Thanks, Molly. I'm so excited to be here. It's so fun. I was on your podcast so many years ago and we were just talking about Jody and I went through coach training kind of at a similar time. So we've known each other for a long time. And I trained with you for marketing and sales way back then. And I still yeah. remember so much of that that I learned from you. And I'm just excited to have her here and share her with you because she is brilliant in business and marketing and sales. And she's just created a phenomenal business and also has a great family. And so welcome, Jody. I'm excited Thanks, to share Molly. your brilliance. Yeah. That's so kind of you. Thanks for having me. Yes, we have known each other a long time. We both kind of built our businesses side by side each other. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun. It's so fun. And then, of course, those of you in the Masterful Coach Collective, she is going to be coming and talking about sales because I do think yes. I love your approach to sales. I think it's so smart and so effective and so kind. And just, I feel like a very respectful sales process. So I'm super excited to share you with with them. Yes, that'll be fun. 
So tell my audience, I'm sure many of them already know you, but um, what do you do in your business and why do you love it? I am a life coach and business coach, and I love it because, you know, it helped me so much in my life and with my business. And I love getting to help people, you know, change their relationships. I, I, my life coaching practice has been my main business up until um, a year and a half or so ago. Mm-hmm. And I work with mostly women who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, that's how I narrowed my niche. I have this new way of thinking about niche narrowing, which is like, you can narrow by the population you serve mm-hmm. or by the problem you address. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I say, um, I help people who have lupus, then I don't have mm-hmm. to say I help Mormon women with lupus. I can just mm-hmm. like lupus is more narrow than just any mm-hmm. illness. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can narrow by even the offer or product you, mm-hmm. you give. So in, instead of saying I'm a, a speaking coach, you could say, I help people give, um, TEDx talks. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. sorry, little tangent there, but so I narrowed by, I narrowed originally by saying, I, I help women who are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints moms, mm-hmm. but I help them with all kinds of problems, any relationships, um, emotions, mm-hmm. parenting stuff. Even mm-hmm. sometimes we get into like weight loss and health and and goals mm-hmm. and all of it, but that gave me the traction to get up and running. And today I have a membership where we have thousands, um, almost 6,000 uh, members and Amazing. it's so much fun. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, such a great niche because there's that, the shared values, the shared core beliefs, which automatically gives that sense of like safety and relief, right? That you understand them. So, yeah, because if I'm going to, if you're going to get help, let's say on your marriage and, um, your, your faith tradition comes into play in your marriage, it, it, you know, it plays a role in terms of how you think about your marriage mm-hmm. and you kind of want somebody that understands that, even mm-hmm. though you don't ha- they don't have to understand that it's helpful at times. Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree. And so you have a membership business and I know I had mentioned, I want to talk about that because I'm always telling people, you know, everyone thinks, you know, what's funny about a membership business is that everyone thinks when they're having a hard time getting clients, that a membership would be the solution Mm. to getting more (laughs) clients and making Mm. more money and helping more people. And I'm like, oh, Oh, boy, (laughs) let's just set the record straight right now. I know. So. I'm going to tell you what I say and you can, you can like, tell me where you agree, agree, disagree, or, Mm -hmm. you know, offer something different. So when I think about a membership business, I think a membership business during the first several years, which is vague, right? But during the first, I would say like three years probably and beyond that, but especially is like, think about it as 80 to 90% marketing messaging retention is the focus of what you're doing. And you can't expect a huge return on your investment for several years. And so like from, from what I know and what I've seen and experienced, it's like if you love marketing and you love really going all in on that and having that be a significant part of, part of your business and you don't need money now, then I think a membership can be brilliant, especially if you're in it for the long haul. But if you mm-hmm. don't love marketing or messaging or sales and you really just want to spend your time coaching and you need money now, please don't start a membership. 
So yes. what would you add change to, you know, yeah, that? Or I would definitely agree with all of that. I will say, here's the way I think about it is, is I, I love my membership. I'm so glad that I have it, but I didn't start with a membership. I started doing right. private coaching for many years, actually mm-hmm. several years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many years it felt like forever. Maybe it's only two years, but anyway, mm-hmm. and, and I really went all in on figuring out how to get clients through private coaching. That's important too. Yes. Like I, I wasn't just coaching a few people here and there. I figured out how to have a full schedule whatever that is, you know, for your time of one-on-one clients until I had a wait list of people, not just a wait list of clients, a wait list of people to come to the call where I sold the private coaching. Like, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and all the while I was building a following through my podcast, I was putting out really consistent content and building sort of a platform, if you will. And even then, then I went to small groups Mm -hmm. before I ever went to a membership. And so Um, and you don't have to do it that way, but Mm -hmm. like, like you said, Molly, I would agree if you're starting from scratch or or from not a very huge following Mm -hmm. and you want to just open up the doors to a membership, that's okay. Just expect Mm -hmm. that you'll have a few people in there, Mm -hmm. right? So it's not going to be super profitable because typically a membership, you're charging much less than a private client. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Um, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But then don't get mad at yourself or compare yourself to someone else who's further along. So I always, I I think of my membership as sort of like a garden that I planted Mm -hmm. that I have to keep replanting and watering and giving sunlight to and and weeding and taking Mm -hmm. care of. But in the beginning, when you plant a garden, you don't have any crop yet. You don't have any, Mm -hmm. any plants to harvest, Mm -hmm. but you're planting, right? And me. And so so that's okay. Just don't make it mean that something's wrong. Over right. time, that crop comes up. And then each season, you just, you know, I, I should get an analogy that I know something about because I'm not a good gardener. But <laughs> you know, have, just, you'll, it's like, I'm what do you do? You're thinking she's reminding me how much I hate gardening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not a gardener here. But, you know, we get the basic gist of it. You got a weed, yes. you, got, you pull up the crop, you plant fresh seed, you till the ground, and then you yes. repeat. But now, but now you know what you're doing. But in the beginning, there's nothing. So I always use the example too when I'm teaching marketing of there's like even just building your funnel, even if you're doing private coaching or something, mm-hmm. is like long term you want a garden that you know what works, you know how to convert it. But sometimes you have to just go hunt. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like sometimes yes. if you don't want to wait for that garden, you go get some private clients or whatever. But you're right. Yes. It I, I would say even today, Molly and I've had my membership mm-hmm. for like five years now, mm-hmm. it's still 80% marketing yes. and retention. Yes. And yes. 20% coaching. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's, it can be fun, but, but even the marketing that works yeah. for my membership to feed it works for about a year and then it stops working and I yes. have to change it all up. Yes. Yes. So this there's is that. What I've been thinking and talking so much about this lately, how it's like any marketing method or strategy or whatever's working today, it's just not going to work for very long. No. So the, the thing that is lasting are the ways that we become an entrepreneur, right? The grit, the perseverance, the willingness to learn and adapt and figure it out and really to understand people and what they need. And so it's just, it's really true. It's like, you know, those things we kind of know, but then we really know it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be really amazing right now. It's not going to last forever, but that's okay because I know how to figure out the next thing that's going to work, right? 
Yeah. And it's the principles, right? Like marketing principles have been around for ages. They haven't changed. Yes, exactly. The principles of like serve people, invite them to take a next step. And like it's sales principles and things don't change. It's just platforms change, delivery methods change, cost to do marketing Mm -hmm. changes. And so you have Mm -hmm. to be ready to adapt. Yes. Yes. Try Try something new. Yeah. (laughs) And one other thing I want to highlight that you said that I think is so important for my listeners is, you know, you saying, yes, I had even a wait list for the call where people could become a client. And I think I know that's something that I learned from you early on is really have plenty of people waiting in the wings before Mm -hmm. you open the doors. I remember specifically, you know, talking with you about how before you open a group, you would always say, Hey, who might be interested in this? Join the waitlist. And when you had like a pretty hefty waitlist, okay, you knew I can open the doors. And I think that's important because a lot of people would look at you and think, oh, she's just good at marketing. And she just like does this amazing email and everyone just comes flocking. But it's been, it's a building process for everyone. That's right. Yeah. And I do that because I don't, as much as I love to teach sales and I'm pretty good at sales. I don't ever want to shift into scarcity and desperation because then I hate sales. I Mm, I hate selling because I feel like I need to fill a group, but I love selling people on themselves. I love selling when I'm in an abundant place. So Mm -hmm. um, I I can't remember where I heard somebody say that selling is just the tax you pay for not doing enough marketing. Mm, Yeah. And so (laughs) I I like to do a lot of marketing, meaning put out a lot of content build yeah. a following and build anticipation for the thing I'm going to open. And and yeah. so that when I do open the doors, people can't wait to get in because then yes. I don't have to do much selling. Yes. Yes. That's fun. I love it. I yeah. love it. That is fun, right? That's yeah. so fun. I wanted to also ask you what, like for, for where your business is now, is this what you imagine when you started out or even close? Hmm. You know what? I mean, of course, there's so much about it that I just didn't even know. I, I just right. had no idea. Right, right. But I will say, and and again, you and I have known each other a long time. So you probably remember like we when you and I were trying to figure out what are we doing and who are we going to help? And, mm-hmm. um, and I really, I did feel called to serve the women who were members of my faith. And yeah, I even said like, I'm going to speak at Time Out for Women. It's this conference they have, mm-hmm. right? Within our, uh, it's put on by our, our church's publishing company. And because I just had this thought that if I can get on that stage and teach the model, then mm-hmm. all those women who need this, they don't even know they need it, mm-hmm. will hear it. And then I'll be able to help them and I'll be able to get clients easily. Mm-hmm. So that that was in my mind what made sense. And so this year I've, I'm speaking at Time Out for Women. It took me like mm-hmm. eight years, but mm-hmm. you know, and and so in a way, I'm like, I'm going to Time Out for Women. I'm having the exact experience I imagined in that there's like maybe a quarter to a third of the women at any particular event, depending on where I am, but mm-hmm. know me and have heard of me and are are excited to meet me and are mm-hmm. maybe even there to meet me. And then the other two thirds to three fourths are like, who? Who's that? Yeah. And they're like, what? You don't know Jody Moore? Oh my gosh, you got to listen to her podcast, which yeah. is exactly what I envisioned in my head. Except the crazy part is I thought I was going to get on that stage and then I was going to be able to, to get clients, but it, I had to learn how to get clients in order to get on that stage. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it's been the most surreal experience because I've been envisioning this for over eight years. Yeah. So in some ways, yes. In many other ways, no. I, I couldn't have anticipated mm-hmm. the parts of it that are challenging or even the parts that are great aren't the parts that I thought would be great. Yeah. Totally yeah. different parts. Yeah. 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 Well, and I was thinking too about your book and I know because you kind of thought you knew how you were getting it on that stage with your book. Yeah. And I wish and I had my book the right way. here. I have my book right in the other room in my piano <laughs> room. It's out there. Yeah. But but yeah, you had a way that you were going to speak at this conference and you didn't end up getting there in that way. No. Which was a little bit crazy because I'm pretty sure you were certain that was the way, right? Through your book, through the publishing company. Well, I mean... I'm pretty good with, with this particular goal. And I just want to preface, like, I'm not good at this with all my goals. Please don't misunderstand. But with this particular goal, I did a good job of holding loosely to it. Mm, Like I just let myself believe, but I held loosely to the how, but yeah. So this event Time Out for women, the way it works typically is Desert book only puts people on that stage who have a book or a CD or something that they sell in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. They sell, they sell books. Right. And I, I worked with Deseret Book for a year and a half on this book. They reached out to me and said, have you ever thought of writing a book? Mm-hmm. And I worked with someone from their team. So I, yeah. So I thought, well, now she did tell me like, you you know, when we publish your book, that doesn't guarantee, because I told her I want to speak at Time Out for Women. She said, mm-hmm. I can't guarantee that. We'll have to see. So I was kind of mm-hmm. loosely like, this will mm-hmm. probably be the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it came right down to it, it turned out that my book wasn't a good fit to publish at Deseret Book. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being like kind of mad and, and whatever, going through some emotions at that point. And then thinking to myself, huh, I wonder how I'm going to speak a time out for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I just, for so many years have not held too tightly to it that I could keep doing it. I was just like, I thought it was going to be that, but I guess not maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm going to write another book one day that they publish, or maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I just kind of went on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also still have a really good relationship with Deseret book. Yeah. Right. I chose yeah. not to be mad about it. You know, after I let myself have some emotions, I was just like, you know what? Yeah. They have a slightly, they have a different mission than I do. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, they circle back around and, and asked me to speak for a different reason for some online courses that they're promoting. And I, I did a course with them that'll be coming out. So yeah, awesome. so crazy how it works. So crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was thinking, I want to speak to, to your podcast because I know, um, you know, a lot of coaches listen and, and as I mentioned to you before we came on, I, I love to talk about what's behind the trophy because in, you know, our coaching community and a lot of coaching communities, you hear about how much coaches are making and it can kind of seem like this, not only this perfect view, but also we just, our minds make up the story automatically that this person was, it was somehow easy for them or they started mm. with all these people. Yes. Right? But you started literally by deciding to record your voice one day and make a podcast called Nappy Clips. Yes. Right? Which was the <laughs> worst name ever. <laughs> yes. Because you're right. I just was like, I, I was writing a blog. Did you ever do a blog? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those, like, okay, I'm going to do like 30 blog posts. I'm going to like write voice. I'm going to do when, the thing. When you and I started, that's what everyone was doing. Writing blogs. Remember? Yes, writing blogs. And so had- we wrote a whole bunch of blog posts and blogs were just sort of starting to be on the way out, but people were still reading them and podcasts were so new. Yeah. 
So we like, blogged, right? I blogged yeah. for a while. And yeah. then um, I really, podcasts kind of were coming on the scene and I, I just knew it's a lot easier for me to turn on a mic and talk than to try to write well. Mm, so I switched yeah. over to podcasting, but yeah, I was like, what am I going to call my podcast? I don't know. My sister, Natalie, we both had little kids at the time. And we had this joke that if, if all of your, or if, you know, both two or three, whatever, however many of your little kids are napping at the same time, mm-hmm. it's a nap eclipse because mm-hmm. it's so rare and beautiful and it hardly ever happens. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. made my podcast that, but everyone thought it was nappy, like N-A-P-P-Y, nappy oh. eclipse. And nobody, like, it's the worst name because nobody knows what it means. And anyway, then it became Bold New Mom, which was my company name for a while. And now it's better than happy, which I like a lot better. So, But yeah, you just have to start. I just did a reel on this. I was talking about um, there's there's effort and there's skill, Mm -hmm. right? And the good news is if you just take a lot of effort, you don't have to have the skill. The effort alone will compensate for your lack of skill. So let's say I'm not very good at writing emails that sell my offer. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be good at selling my offer. If I just send a lot of emails, (laughs) Yeah, like I'll I'll get through to people and I can get the result by just doing it a lot. Now, as I get better, my emails get better, then I can send fewer emails and get the same result. But the only way to get better is just by doing it a lot. Yes. The effort builds the skill, right? The effort you can't builds the skill. skill to be there without the effort writing it. Yeah. Right. So totally. when, when you want to, when you're thinking I should do a podcast, okay. That's why we're in the beginning, Molly and I did 30 blogs in 30 days. Cause our teacher Brooke Castillo was like, just write a whole bunch of blogs. I think in her mind, she's like, they're going to be terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> because by the end of 30, you'll be a better blog writer. Right. And you'll have 30 pieces of content that, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's frustrating, but also kind of cool at the same time. Like you don't even have to be good at it. Just go do it a lot and you'll get better. And then you don't have to do it a lot forever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's, and I mean, I think you're such a good example of that. Just like, just do it. It can be B minus work. I remember you, you know, I remember one time you saying something like, you know, letting people know when they would say, hey, there's like a grammatical error in this email. You're like, typos are part of my brand or something yeah, like that. I yeah? still say that. Like <laughs> yeah. typos are our brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you follow Glennon Doyle, but I heard her recently say this where she's like, she's an author. She said, you know, we're always like, do your best. Like, I don't care kids what grades you get, as long as you tried your best, as long as you did your best. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I, I want to call BS on that. I don't think even doing your best is necessary very often. Mm, I don't even think you need to do your best. And that's how I feel about my business is like, I can't do my best and still be the mom I want to be and keep my sanity and serve my clients the way I want to. If I have to do my best, Mm -hmm. then it limits the people that I can serve and the opportunities Mm -hmm. I can provide and the life I can have. So I'm going to do it. Not, I know I'm capable of better. I am capable of more, Mm -hmm. but this is good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's, I, you know, I don't struggle with perfectionism in most areas. So I just feel lucky that that comes easily to me, but it is something you can teach yourself if you struggle with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just, you just do it right. You have to just start. So whatever it is. So yeah, I think you're just a good example of that. 
Um, okay. I wanted to ask you to share potentially like what you would consider maybe one of your biggest fails or vulnerable mm. moments, something mm-hmm. like that, that would kind of give us Gosh, you know, a look inside. Where your... do we begin? Molly? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> well, the truth is you must have a lot of them because you've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say this, like even failure itself is a thought, right? And Mm -hmm. I, like I failed, that's, I mean. Like, what does it even mean? What does that even mean? If you're you're measuring yourself to what you thought was going to happen. And then most people then feel bad about that. And that's what we call failure. Mm -hmm. And I have goals I set all the time that I don't achieve, Mm -hmm. but I very rarely go, we failed. I just go, oh, well, that didn't work the way I thought it was going to. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is easier for me in my business than it is in other areas of my life. Yeah. But but to be able to look back and go, okay, well, that didn't work how I thought it was going to. So now what? Like we just had a, I'm just coming off a month where we opened the doors to the membership because I do an open and close kind of a launch model Mm -hmm. and we hadn't had them open for a while and we were trying a new strategy and, um, we put like $60,000 into Facebook ads mm-hmm. and we got 400 new members. And I don't know what the math is on that, but we lost money, mm-hmm. which is so, I mean, I think some people look at that and they're like, oh, that was such a big fail because I've, yeah. I've grown the membership by way more than that for a lot less money. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm pretty good. At, I'm just like, okay, wow. Uh, yeah. That didn't, something's happening with our Facebook ads. Maybe it's us, maybe it's the platform, right, maybe it's whatever. Right. So let's rethink that strategy mm-hmm. going forward. But I have mm-hmm. those moments all the time. I have, mm-hmm. I've had workshops, um, that I try to sell that I think this is going to sell out really easily. And then it yeah. doesn't. And then I have yeah. to go, okay, what are we going to try? And, and I am still constantly surprised. And sometimes I'm surprised in a good way. Sometimes I think this is going to be hard to sell and it sells out really quickly. Yeah. but. I I very rarely call them quote unquote failures. I think that Mm -hmm. for me, where it's more vulnerable for me is just like the personal experience of, of owning a business where you're in, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like we get to help people so much, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then they come to us and say, you changed my life. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's so sweet to hear, but also, um, I get really in my head about like, no, you didn't <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, cause I didn't actually mm-hmm. like, if it were me, then everyone who I work with would have a life-changing experience. Or it, I mean, they tell me, I listen to your podcast. It got me through my divorce. I'm like, that's so beautiful. But a lot of people listen to my podcast who struggled through their divorce. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. I have this chatter in my head and I get like the best way I can describe it is I get so sick of myself mm. sometimes after, especially after a live event or something where there's like a lot of hoorah. And mm-hmm. I just get like, all of a sudden I just want to go in a corner and like, mm. and, and, and I'm, I'm very like, you're stupid, Jody Moore. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think this is just a bunch of made up BS maybe. And we've mm-hmm. just fooled everyone and mm-hmm. you need to be quiet and go away. Like I have mm. this weird, dark part of me yeah. and then I have to just like turn it all off. And I realize I have to have a break from my work and myself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. No, I, I think that's so important. I like that you said like taking a break from it because it's normal for us to all have some experience similar to that, right? Whether it's that 
or some other dark part that comes in mm-hmm. and that spiral and spin. And it's kind of like, I think it's a good lesson that sometimes it's just not a good idea, a good time to think right about it. Like right. it's not a good time for you to try to talk yourself out of that. It's just kind of right. like, let's just let this be and give myself some space. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like being a life coach doesn't make you not a human. Yes, unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. And it doesn't even mean that your, your challenges and struggles are neater and cleaner and that you handle them the right way. Always. Like it just doesn't mean any of that. It just, it just means, you know, you're handling it poorly. (laughs) Yeah. You just, uh, you're still a human and being a human is hard. So there's that. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, I think that's really important because it's really easy for people to assume right? That your life must be perfect. You must have it all figured out. And, and so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And and let me, sorry, let me add one other thing that I just thought about is like, I'm really happy with where our company's at. We have, we have a bit of a team We're we're making Mm -hmm. good revenue, but we, I feel like a little bit stagnant. Like we haven't grown, not Mm -hmm. just like financially or anything, but even like in terms of our challenge and like my own personal growth. In the last yeah. year or two. Yeah. And I feel like, how do we do that without me overdoing myself? Mm-hmm. Like as my, as my kids get older, I have two teenagers now mm-hmm. and I've been traveling a lot this year with mm-hmm. time out for women and my own stuff mm-hmm. and everything. And I, I feel like when they were little and I would leave, they would be sad that I was leaving, but then I'm gone and they sort of forget about me. And then I come home and they're just happy to see me and it, we just move on. Mm-hmm. Now that they're teenagers, it's totally different. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're mad that I'm leaving. They're not just sad. They're mad. Mm, and yeah. then I get home and they hold a grudge. Mm. Want to like punish me for leaving. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing, yeah. okay, they, my kids need me here and I want to be here. They're not even going to be yeah. here that much longer. I don't want to yeah. miss that. So yeah. then it becomes, how am I going to grow my business? If, if we are, or do we decide we're not going to grow? How are we going to even keep doing what we're doing Yeah, and me not sacrifice the things that matter to me in my life? And those are tough questions to answer. And I'm just sort of spinning in all of that right now. Like, I don't know. There's no way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's a big deal. It's a struggle for, I think, all women to some degree, especially in building a business. And I just was speaking with my group this morning, even about the guilt they feel when they're working like period, right? Mm. And then there's that, you know, same, same challenge. I mean, I've experienced a similar, you know, thing of like, I, I don't want to miss out on my kid's life, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think for me, I'll just kind of, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, sort of related to what you're bringing up is like I was building my business when I started to like become a single mom. And, you know, growing up, my mom was a single mom. She was never home. She was always at work. She was working at night. I I always like tell my husband, I basically changed my own diapers and I hated it. And when I started building my business, I was like, over my dead body, are my kids going to experience what I did? And over my dead body, am I going to live my mom's life? And so in a way, I'm really grateful for that because it's helped me to, even though it's, it's always, there can be that challenge, right? It's not like, oh, I made the decision and then it was easy, but it definitely helped to set a very clear, uh, very 
clear parameters for me where this is what I value. These are my priorities. And if my business is taking away from what I actually want to create with it, then it's a problem and we have to take a step back. Yes. I love that. And, and I like to think of it as the three-legged stool, like success is all three legs of this stool are balanced. So so my business is getting what it needs. Mm -hmm. It needs revenue and clients and whatever. Um, my clients are getting what they need, Mm -hmm. right? Like I need to make sure I deliver on the the promises I make and Mm -hmm. I'm getting what I need in my life. Mm-hmm. And if any one of those is out of balance, you're not 60. I don't consider it success for myself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's a great analogy. Well, I wanted to actually go back to your failure comment and then I'll, I'll ask you just uh, one more thing before I, before I let you go. But, okay. um, you know, really when you're talking about like not seeing things as failures, I think that's really going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of a certain marketing strategy or whatever. That's why you're successful, right? Is because how how you experience, respond to, and adapt when mm-hmm. things don't go the way you think they should. Yes. Um, there's a there's a show. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that show, Undercover Billionaire? No. Oh my gosh, it sounds so good. You have to watch it, Undercover hey. Billionaire. Okay. And he sets these like crazy goals every time. And there's a few episodes now, right? But he sets this crazy goal and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is he going to meet it? And he doesn't. He sets another mm-hmm. crazy goal. Like the whole season, every week, he he fails to meet his goal, if we use that word, right? He doesn't meet it, doesn't meet it, doesn't meet it. There is one time in the entire season that he meets his goal, but it doesn't keep him from continuing to set a huge goal and going after it. And I think that's a huge mm-hmm. key to success, being willing to claim a goal, claim a number, not be afraid of it. And being able to not meet it and move forward, like without, not without slowing down, but without moving your eyes from where you're really wanting to go. That's so, so true because he expects that he's not going to meet it. Those uh, most of the time, right? That's the whole premise of the show is like, you're going to fail over and over. Then one time you're going to make it. But I guarantee like, that's how we got to be a billionaire. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I I just think of it more like a science experiment. Like a scientist doesn't go in and put a few things in a Petri dish and go, oh man, we failed. He's just like, that didn't work. Okay. Let's try again. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work until you get it. That's how, that's how building a business is. It's a science experiment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I, of course, will have your information in the show notes. And in a minute, I'll, you know, share anything you want to about your business as well. But I would love to hear just like, what is either like a big lesson learned or maybe one thing you would want to share with the coaches listening, building their businesses? Here's what I would say is the way I think about it in, is that when you're building your business, and this is true for me still, I don't know. I, I think this is always the case. but you have to invest in your business and you can invest time or you can invest money or you can invest some of both. But those are the only two ways I know of to invest in what your business needs. So for me, when I first started, I didn't have tons of time. I had um, still some little kids who weren't even in school yet. And so I hired childcare, I think a couple of days a week, but I wanted to be with them the other days. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I also didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I took a small part-time job so that I could 
generate some money. And it, like, if I were starting today, mm-hmm. I would go get a job waiting tables on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I would take that two to $300 that I know I could make in tips every weekend mm-hmm. and put it into my business. Mm-hmm. And I would also be intentional about what time am I putting in? Mm-hmm. But um, there are so many strategies. There are people out there who are like, you can grow your following and whatever without putting money into ads. That's true. You can. Mm-hmm. It's going to take more time. Mm-hmm. So don't tell yourself this isn't working. I'm not doing it right. It's going to take time because you're going to have a learning curve, first of all, but you're also going to have to do things like pay attention to algorithms and um, research Google keywords that people are searching and maybe get into people's DMs or pitch yourself to be on other people's platforms. Mm-hmm. All of those things take time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you can do some of that and also invest money into ads, which takes very little time, a little bit of time, but not as much. And then you put the money in instead. So I think that so many people, I see them sitting back going, well, I have an Instagram account and I post every day mm-hmm. and I, I'm just not getting any mini sessions or consultations or whatever they call mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, yeah, because my teenage daughter has an Instagram account that she posts on every day. And she also doesn't have any mini sessions because <laughs> posting every day on Instagram isn't going to do it. It's not, yeah. it's, it's a good first step, mm-hmm. but you got to invest in your business. And when I was thinking about like, what's the best gift I could give to mm-hmm. your listeners mm-hmm. is I, I believe that you have to generate leads, nurture leads and convert leads. Mm-hmm. When you learn how to generate, nurture and convert, then you're mm-hmm. going to build that garden that will reap harvest for you if you keep doing that every year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to do those three things requires that you invest time and or money. And so I, I actually created a list of like, these are my favorite ways to save money mm-hmm. if you want to invest time. Mm-hmm. And these are my favorite ways to save time if you want to invest money. Mm, yeah, And really. you can combine the two, of course, but um, that's the gift I like to give people. And it's not an all an exhaustive list, of course. It's just the things mm-hmm. I know of or have tried. Yeah. So I that's what it. I have for your listeners if they want to go to jodymore.com forward slash leads. Awesome. You, and we'll put it in the show leads. notes as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. great because I do hear a lot, you know, when I, whenever, you know, people are looking into programs that I'm offering and I hear so much, you know, well, I just, I can't spend any more money. I don't want to spend any more money. And obviously we want to be conscientious about how we're spending our money and intentional about it. Right. But sometimes we have to spend the money or invest the time to learn the skills we need in order to make the money, right? We can't like, right. well, let me make the money and then I'll learn the skills or, you know, then I'll um, pay the money. So, yeah, and it's it. just like, okay, you don't have to put money in, but how, you know, people say, well, I, I have like a hundred followers. I'm like, okay, when did, when did you DM them last? Mm-hmm. If I'm not going to put money in and I have a hundred followers or, or 5,000 followers, I'm going to go DM every one of them and yeah. say, what are you struggling with today? That I, I would send an audio message mm-hmm. and say, Hey, it's Jody Moore. I was just wondering if you're struggling with anything that I can help you with today. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Invest something though, your business, you've got yeah. to invest in your business. You've got to invest something. See, and now you guys can tell why she's so successful at her business. She's not messing around. She's no messing around. Money. Let's go. So now I'm <laughs> hoping I'll get a message once in a while that says, hi, Molly, this is Jody. I'm going to start you audio messaging with? you. <laughs> <laughs> you send it to me and you'll get an earful every time. <laughs> Good. Let's do that. 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Jody, for being here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having and, me. Yeah. And I just mentioned it quickly, but let everyone know about your book as well and where they can find that. And that'll be in the show notes, of course, too. Oh, yeah. My book is called Better Than Happy, just like my podcast, Better Than Happy. And um, the book has much more of a religious slant. If you're um, of a Christian faith, you'll really enjoy it. If you don't mm-hmm. like that, don't bother with the book. Um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to put something out that had like a little bit heavier religion in it. That's what the yeah. book is. The podcast is is more general life coaching. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jody. Great to have yes. you. Thanks and for having me, Malls. Yeah. Looking forward to having you in our community too. You awesome. Okay. See you then. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Masterful Coach Podcast. If you're ready for complete support as you build your coaching business, check out Molly's collaborative community, the Masterful Coach Collective. It's a place where you'll have access to the best experts in the biz, community support, and guidance as you build your perfect business 90 days at a time. Visit www.mollyclaire.com for details.